Hello again, everybody. You're listening to the Total Basis Podcast. And with me, as always, is Sean Flannery. Sean, how are you doing this morning? I am awesome. Glad to be back. New year, new yeah, season. It's a, it's a whole new world. A whole new world. Yeah, there Don't you go. You I, 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 I was teeing it up for you, Felipe. Too easy. Too easy. Uh, what's this season four? I said season four of the Total Basis Podcast starts now. Um, we've been at it since... Well, I mean, this this version has been added since the pandemic, right? Because that's when we... A year before, I think it was in 2019. No, but this version of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When we went to Zoom, Zoom, because before we had... I had to uh, have you record your track on... Yeah. And then you would send it to me, and then I would put it together, and then I realized, wait, I'm not a freaking sound engineer. I didn't get... I didn't go to college for this. Why am I doing this? (laughs) This isn't my knowledge. (laughs) No. And, and, you know, I've been... when. he did say when he was I, razzled before we went live people <laughs> i re it became an epiphany when i realized that for every hour that i would spend uh talking to you i would spend about two almost three hours editing and that's when i realized like bro this isn't this isn't it here yeah that, that would hurt my head and even like recording my side was always kind of a pain in the ass just like it, trying to get it right, make sure that it didn't cut out in the middle, because I know we had that happen once or twice. And it wasn't even like editing for effects or to make it sound all pretty and nice. No, I I I was just trying to sync up uh the uh what do you call it? The the back and forth between us. So, you know, I would talk space, then Sean would talk space. That's the way it's supposed to look like. And I know that we kind of talk over each other every once in a while. And we interrupt every once in a while, but this is, this is, I'm talking about that no matter what I did, the audio wouldn't be consistently synced up. Like I would finish up a sentence and then Sean would start talking like as I was finishing up. So the, there was a lot of overlap that was uh, not supposed to happen. And that's what I spent most of my time doing. It was like, all right, well, I got to erase this. I got to delete this. I got to add more space, more dead silence here. And it's like, it was, I mean, it's pretty cool. You're copying and pasting dead air <laughs> and putting it back uh, at the beginning. So you pause for effect or pause so Sean can get his idea or his uh, argument in uh, without sounding like, you know, we're not, we're not, we're just talking over each other. Cause like yeah. I said, we do do it, but that's organic. It doesn't, it's not because, uh, the the tools that we're using didn't know where that gap was so like i said I, I would talk about mickey mantle for example and then sean would start talking about hank aaron as i'm finishing up about mickey mantle like no this you know it's supposed to be mickey mantle stop then well hank aaron <laughs> i remember in the 70s so uh so yeah that, uh, lots of uh wasted time doing that and that we decided to stop and that we were going to well one day uh relaunch it but we didn't know how then the pandemic hit and then Zoom fell into our laps. Zoom fell into our laps. Uh, big shout out to Henry and then Vince as well. And all the other guys that started with us during the pandemic yep. who decided, hey, let's just do a podcast. We have nothing better to do. We're all locked down. Let's just, let's just get rolling. 2020 is yep. going to be our year. Um, and, you know, when I say pandemic, Sean, I mean, like when there was rumblings about something big happening in China yep. and, and Asia that I mean, I remember hearing about it like in October that there was something really bad going on in, in China and that we should probably uh, get ready for it to spread over here. Like, nah, that's not going to happen. I'm well, gonna- yeah, the, I mean, because we got married in January of 2020, and it was, you know, November-ish of 19 when it was happening over there. And I, me and my wife we were just kind of looking at each other like <laughs> there, there was reports of like that one like nursing home in like Seattle or whatever. 
that was having an yeah. outbreak and yeah i yeah. was just like because <laughs> i had family you know and she had family flying in and we're like um is this gonna get done and luckily we got married end of january and then right beginning of march was when everything just kind of went to hell so and and not to uh talk too much about it but since we are kind of celebrating our fourth season uh of this podcast uh i mean i, w- I went to a wrestling show uh in november of thanksgiving here in chicago i went to the all elite wrestling uh thanksgiving day uh special um and that was my first wrestling show ever i remember going and i remember like feeling a little worried about it but i said you know what Life's too short. This is going to be my first wrestling event ever. I got to go. And I took my pregnant wife. Yes, my pregnant wife with me because because I'm not going to go by myself. I'm going to drag her <laughs> along with me. He's like, I'm just a child. <laughs> I'm just a child, you know, you know, so for better or for worse is what I what we promise each other. Right. So I was, I was about to say, I'm sure she was probably like, I have to babysit him anyway. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And while she carries a big baby in, yeah. in, in, inside her. And um and you know, like we survived it, like nothing, like nothing was wrong. And then the 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 murmurs kept going louder and louder and louder. And then eventually March hits, uh, and but you know, I, I was gonna say though, it, it was around December of that t- 2019 year that we all got together and talked. Hey, should we just do these podcasts? I mean, let's just do these podcasts. 2020 is gonna be a new year. We have a, a baseball group that seems to be hungry for it, something to interact with our members with mm-hmm. and like i said eight nine different pros- podcasts came about from our life group you know there was a basketball football group for food there was a food podcast and so all these podcasts just popped up and uh that's where it started that's where it started and of course the pandemic hit, and then and then wow <laughs> then we really were just doing this as a way to not just interact with our people but also to uh past the time as there was really nothing to do out there everything was closed uh scary dangerous so yeah our our first episode was posted uh january 11th so almost to the day only a few days ago uh yeah. january uh first uh january for january 11 2020 so yeah and then 2019 i think maybe maybe in 2018 yeah i forgot how long you were there i just don't were you there in 2018 and 2019 when we were yeah, doing Yeah, I think we did on some SoundCloud. In, yeah, yeah, so yeah, then some in 2019, yeah. It was definitely okay. 2019. Yeah, that's where where uh I would talk, you know, in my car on my long commute home, I would talk to Sean in my car. Yes. We were, yes, I I, I the, oh, this is all coming back now. This is like the ghettoest version of doing it. Eventually I just said, you know what, this is stupid. I I'm 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 sick of all these like late sessions working to get these episodes together. So we all this to say that we've come a very long way um, to where when we started. So, and now four seasons later, we're back at it. And as you know, it's January, Sean. And the question always comes up: What did we learn last year? What did you learn last year about uh, baseball, fantasy baseball, just baseball in general? What did you learn last year? I would say the main part of it was. And it didn't deal with it too much in our fan tracks of the Baseball Life League, but doing the Earth set of leagues, which, you know, we were war for Waffle House area, Roto Fantasy, and then there was Glarf up in the Great Lakes. And uh, 
I was really excited. I I, I knew it was really going to be very challenging because uh, each year I've kind of tried to challenge myself by f- getting in the leagues with more and more, I don't want to say professional, but more and more just like really good fantasy players. And this was, I, I felt probably one of the highest level of competitions I had joined. And I walk into the restaurant where we're doing the live draft in Atlanta. Just about everyone has a laptop out. And they have their own, they have their <laughs> rankings, they have their spreadsheets, and I'm just over here with my phone like, okay, yeah, let's do this. And um, I didn't, I, I was just, I, I played it very risky, and I ended up being one of the worst teams in the uh, Earth Settle Leagues, which was a little bit of a downer, but it was also my first two picks were Bryce Harper and Jacob DeGrom, both of which I knew when I drafted that there was injury concerns with them. and. Yeah, that was kind of the big lesson I learned was don't draft guys. And it's why I'm going to be out on Bryce Harper this year. I I don't think I'm going to draft him in a lot of places and redraft just because I know he's out for the first at least two months. Uh, So, yeah, being more conservative with injuries and acknowledgement of injuries pre-draft, probably one of the biggest things I learned this year. So are you going to how many more leagues are you going to be doing this year in 2023? Uh, I think I've only added one so far, and one I've uh, one I dropped. So I'm, I think I'm still at a net. I think it's around seven, and those yeah. are anywhere from redraft. Uh, I got if I'm including my best ball teams, which I don't have to mess with. I think it's closer to ten because I think I have two or three best ball leagues. Uh, but last year I, I I did out of I put in I think the total amount of money was like three fifty for most for all of my leagues and i ended up making about 800 bucks so damn yeah i i won two leagues came in second in two leagues um but if i wasn't like in the top three or four i was bottom three or four in every league so yeah it's a little bit to learn from but moving forward so what, what would be like the biggest name uh uh fantasy league you would say um coming into this season that you're so, a part of. Once again, I'll, I'll be in the uh, TGFBI, oh, okay. which is the the Great Fantasy Baseball Invitational. Of course, of course, I have the uh, Earth Leagues, which I was just talking about, mm-hmm. and then I have I, I need to go find the name. I, I'm once again in that the uh, relegation league that is hosted by uh, Dynasty One Stop. That was one of the leagues I won last year, where we have their 15 teams. There's a major league, triple A, double A, single A, low A. And oh, wow. that was one of the leagues I won last year. Um, I had finished middle of the pack. I So I stayed in double A, but I won the double A le- league this year. So I, I get promoted to triple A this year. And um, that, that's got a lot of big names in it. And it's mm. a lot of fun just because the whole relegation promotion part aspect of it. That is awesome. That is pretty cool. And I think that's something that a lot of uh, 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 people I talk to have asked, like, you know, how do we get into the baseball life league? Should, we should have relegations and, and things of that nature, uh, you know, relegations and, 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 and promotions is what I'm trying to say. Yeah. We should, we, you guys should do that, but you know, 
I'm the big chief, man. I can't I can't get relegated. Then the, the leagues <laughs> are gonna fall apart. I can't be relegated. I am too big to fail. <laughs> I'm too big to fail. Sorry, I can't. I mean, it'd be cool. I mean, it'd be cool to do that. I mean, because we do have, I mean, we do have several leagues, but again, that's a lot of commitment. I know that uh, in the podcast league, the one that Austin and I were trying to revamp for this upcoming season, we uh guys like Melvin and um Ricky. Uh, who else is in that league? AJ for the Giants fan that's in the Bay Area. Um, God, now I'm forgetting all these names. Uh, Bob, Bob, the big uh, White Sox fan who's Builder? from Indiana. Yeah, Bob the Builder, sure. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and who else was that? Uh, oh, Angel, oh, Angel, of course. How can I forget Angel? Well, all them guys, all those guys, all them dudes, all them dudes. They ask, hey, if, you, if there's an open spot for the baseball life league, let us in. Like, well, nobody leaves the baseball life league because they know better. Cue the what? Eric Andre, let me in. Well, <laughs> you, you, that's, you know, it's like, no, the, the, uh, people hate playing against me once they, re- like, they all are enthusiastic to play against me, but then once they play against me, they really hate it. But they're the same people who, who are always going to be begging to join one of my leagues. And oh, yeah. I don't know if, if it's just to um, get a piece of me, see if they can beat them, <laughs> the master of disaster, so to and speak. What was the, uh, what was the game show? Uh, beat the those. I got terrible sidetrack. Forget I even mentioned it. I gotta look it up though, or else it's gonna mess with my brain. Well, I can already hear people say, well, "If you're the master of disaster, well, why haven't you won the baseball life league?" Well, I've uh, come close. People you have. Let, you have come close. I've come close you, several you times. So uh, it's not for a lack of trying. I, I'm, listen, I'm pretty sure. Uh, aside from Aaron, who's back to back champion, now Sean, who's back to back champion, I think everybody else would kill to have their teams perform like my teams have performed the last few years. Yeah, I was about to say, haven't this would we just finished year six? No. I fuck if I know, man. Because um, did it Vince win it two years in a row between ESPN? No, 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 he only won it once. And that was in the ESPN. And then he left. And that was yeah, a, that was a free league. Was. Okay. I, I couldn't remember if he had won uh, first or sorry. Uh, th- sorry, the website was free, but no, that, that was definitely a pay league because uh, he also paid for the yeah. banner. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was the first guy to win the championship banner. Yeah. I just remembered that was ESPN. Yeah. yeah. So um, I was going to say, um, it, it, but, you know, the, 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 they did, they have asked, like, you know, we should, you know, because everybody wants to be in that baseball life league. Like, what about us in the podcast league? How do we get into the baseball life league? Like, well, you have to wait for an open spot. And guess what? These guys, they know that if they leave, it's hard to get back in. Yeah. You're, yeah. If you leave, you're not getting back in anytime soon because there's, I have a waiting list like this, this big. Of yeah. people asking, can I join? Can I join? Can I join? Like, no, there's just not enough space. And I'm not Sean. I don't do eight leagues a year. You shall not pass. Although you talk about these expert leagues, like now it makes me wonder, like, should I, how do I join one of those? How, you know what, Sean, why don't you talk about that a little bit? How, how does one get to join these expert leagues that you talk about? Be on Twitter a lot. <laughs> Which is my downfall, by the be, way. Yeah. I, be I very bored at work. Just scrounging through Twitter. And of course, you know, the last couple of years, um, there are a lot of, you know, fan tracks publications. They do their own rankings and articles, the dynasty guru prospects, uh, live prospects, 1500, uh, follow a lot of those guys, a lot of their writers. Um, I I've done several mocks with the dynasty guru over the years. And, uh, we always have a, a hashtag for that mock draft and it's really fun. Cause everyone kind of gets to see, and it's coming up on that time of year and I I haven't found a mock yet, and um, I am like scouring Twitter for the next time I see fan tracks or Dynasty One Stop post a um, 
you know, a uh, hey, we're doing a mock. Who wants in? But yeah, <laughs> uh, if, if you do want to join leagues like this, uh, really good. And I'm going to give him a shout out here because he is the commissioner of multiple leagues. That is his day job as a well, I, he might have a, an actual day job. I don't know. But Dynasty One Stop is the website and Twitter handle. Go check him out. He runs, I mean, has to be hundreds of leagues. And he handles all of the behind the scenes type of stuff and working with fan tracks, making sure everything is right, making sure the constitution and rule. It's insane the amount of work he does. Um, and I'm in multiple one of his leagues, including uh, we had a, a 30 year uh, or a 30 team league that was about to consolidate and I didn't want to consolidate. And so he's like, Hey, if you don't want in, I have another 30 team for you. And it's uh zero dark 30, which I had actually seen when they, I think they did their initial drafts or uh, on Twitter a while ago. And I get to be in it now and it's a 30 team league and lots of big names in there. And of course I couldn't really help myself with a league called zero dark 30, like the, the movie about the Bin Laden raid. Right, right. And uh, so I renamed my team the Talibats. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh, I really feel like I'm pushing the envelope here, but I, I can't help myself. <laughs> well, there you go. Twitter, which yeah, again, D- I, Dynasty I, One Stop. He's, uh, he's out there and he has all these leagues that he has openings for. Uh, and like I said, he draws a good crowd. Well, like I said, uh, I'm, I don't have the patience for Twitter. I'm trying to get back onto Twitter. Uh, I usually only talk to you on Twitter because you're the only person I, 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 I know and give a damn about. Everybody else is like, might as well be, it might as well be fake news is what I'm trying to say. <laughs> but I think uh, I, I really want to get back into it and just have these conversations with, uh, with some of the people that I follow and, you know, I listen to on a daily basis. But uh, we'll see how it goes. But like I said, I don't have the patience. But the other thing, I, I just to make it more baseball related, I mean, all, it's all baseball related. Yeah. But uh, the thing I learned last year was starting pitching is so volatile that it did, mm-hmm. it doesn't matter which pitchers because I think last year was the first time where I actually considered um, not always starting my best starting pitchers and just going <laughs> with just streaming and matchup options. Uh, and it worked sometimes it worked. It didn't work other times, but mostly it was a pretty sound strategy to have. I know in the podcast league, uh, I waited so long to get a starting pitcher that Frambo Valdez ended up being my number one pitcher last year. Like the yeah. first starting pitcher I selected, uh, Emmanuel Classe and Josh Hader were the, uh, were the two pitchers that I drafted early on. But the first starting pitcher I drafted was Frambo Valdez. And dude, that dude was just just killing it and just killing it and killing it. And, and, and my offense was good, but yeah, the pitching was, was pretty horrendous. Although sometimes my hitting was very inconsistent in that podcast league. So, but Valdez kept my rotation steady while I was looking for any type of arm to get me through the season. But I, I just could not get myself to draft anybody that I had listed in my top 15 last year. Yeah. I and it was also because we had the, we had the keepers as well. No, I'm so, talking about the podcast league, not, oh, the, not oh, the baseball league. But you know what? You make a that's a good point too, because I I think I kept Lucas Giolito and I and I regretted it, but I felt like that was a thing to do because he was my default best pitcher. And again, it just ended up being guys like uh, Joe Musgrove and uh, 
Framberveld has again. <laughs> Framberveld has saves saves my season time and time again. And just depending on guys like Corey Kluber and uh, Jeffrey Springs for a little bit, and anybody on the Twins, Sonny Gray, Bailey Ober, and who's the other guy? Joe Ryan. Just, yeah. just any, just those guys. Joe Musgrove. I had to bring him back because everybody doesn't believe in him. But again, just the idea of getting one of these top fifteen starting pitchers who are supposed to be slam dunks. I just I I didn't I don't trust them. I I didn't trust any single one of them. And you know what? I think this is going to be the first share screen of the year if I can Woo-hoo. copy if I can share the right screen and it should be it should be two things here. Do you see it? Uh you, yes. So there's a spreadsheet here right on the on the right side and it says Garrett Cole, Walker Bueller, Max Scherzer, Zach Wheeler, Corbin Burns. I'm highlighting. Do you see that, Sean? Yes. Okay, that's last year's my that's my list from last year right over here is the fantasy pros uh what do you call it uh consensus rankings for mm-hmm. starting pitchers so corbin burns gary cole Joey otani jacob the grom sandy alcantara so let me put this in a way there's my daughter put this in a way where I hi can... penny yeah she's not little anymore man i mean she was big for her age back then but yeah she's definitely not little anymore uh you know what let's do it this way there you go very riveting riveting podcasting here but at any rate <laughs> The point is that I want to want to make sure you guys are paying attention to the list that I'm highlighting on the right. I then Garrett Cole was getting was going too soon. Walker Bueller had issues that I that made me worry about him. Mostly that the Dodgers were kind of babying him, and he's never pitched uh, full major league campaigns to my liking. Max Scherzer too old. Zach Wheeler uh, pitches in Philadelphia. I'm not drafting him very early. Corbin Burns he's gonna go down because it's just impossible to do what he did last year. Jacob DeGrom, no, I'm not, I'm not trusting him last year. Shane Beaver, he's a fraud. Brandon Woodruff, uh, I don't think he's top 10, but I think he's, he's top 10 by default, but he's not top 10, like, in reality. Robbie Ray, too many walks. Aaron Nola, his fastball's dipping. I don't know why. Lucas Giolito, uh, there's some, something had that happened in 2021. I can't I can't quite put my finger on it, Sean, but uh, I don't – if I'm in a redraft league, I'm not – I wasn't getting him last year. Jose Barrios. He's Jose Barrios, yeah. Julio, Julio Urias, C. Walker Bueller, Sandy Alcantara, plays for the Marlins, Joe Musgrove. I, I, I have him as my top 15 starting pitcher. But again, it's one of those like, well, is he really top 15? Is he just there because uh, by default? It was hard to get excited for starters last year. Kevin Gosman's the other guy. So these are two guys I had in my baseball life league last year that helped me uh, get to the finals against you. And I still failed. Uh, <laughs> but you're right. It, it, that's the best way to do it. And I'm like, that's why you end up with like my type of teams where I'm avoiding all these guys, all of them. Now I didn't get any Max Free, no Dylan Cease, no Luis Castillo, no Frankie Montez, no Freddie Peralta, no Jack Flaherty, no Charlie Morton, no Chris Sale. And then the first guy I pick in most of my leagues, the 26 best starting pitcher on my list is Framer Valdez, and he's my ace in all these leagues. Yeah. <laughs> so, well, I mean that that was the thing with the baseball life league was. Robbie Ray wins Cy Young. I don't use one of my six keepers on him. And I, I know that kind of shocked people. I I instead kept Freddie Peralta, which was probably you know, an even worse decision. So that left uh, my only starting pitcher really was Shohei Otani, who also I was trying to, you know, get his offensive production as balls because we were doing uh, biweekly. And my first pick in that draft this year was Dylan Cease, who ended up being my Robbie Ray of 2022. And it's going to be hard because 
I don't know who that guy is for next year yet. Uh, I felt good about Cease just in terms of the stuff. I wasn't expecting, you know, the the ERA that he put up, which ended up being what a two point two this year. That was just mind blowingly good. Uh, so yeah, it's very the that that starting pitching market. It's it's a minefield for sure. Well, that was last year. Now my thing. Well, that's what I learned is that it turns out at least for last year you didn't have to chase one of these ace pitchers to have a good starting rotation. So, but then I got to thinking, can anybody pull this off or does it take guys like you and me who are on this on a regular basis, uh, not to toot our own horn, but I just, I don't know how, like, I got to choose my words. I don't mean to insult anybody. Like I'm not, that's because <laughs> obviously, you know, last, both leagues were very competitive, so I'm not here to judge or, or, but is it a guy like me who can get away with that strategy? Because I know that, there are guys a lot later that you more get. pitchers like oh I don't know Martin Perez well I didn't I didn't draft but he's up there but as you can see he's like ranked anywhere between he's way past the 181st best pitcher in the league or Ross Stripling I know that I can get him later it's just Ross Stripling who gives a damn right <laughs> but Kyle Wright well, yeah he's yeah, for the Kyle Braves, Wright right? ended up what 20 plus wins I mean obviously that doesn't mean anything for real life baseball I know guys but in fantasy, it still kind of counts. <laughs> but I was going to say, uh, with all these guys, way, way, way. I mean, some of these guys weren't even drafted. But it's just like, well, if if, if these starting pitchers that I get in the mid rounds, late mid to late rounds, and, and Franbro Valdez is going to be my ace. It, if, last year for me, I was like, you know what? There's plenty of pitchers out there that I, I will keep an eye on. And... I'm just going to have to pick up later on the season. Oh, I don't know, like Ryan Nelson for the Diamondbacks. That's yeah. another guy. Uh, Tyler Glass now might be ready by the fall. So I don't know. Maybe, maybe, and that's my question to you. And there, Kyle Muller, who, nothing special, but he was, he seems to be my default uh, pitching minor leaguer for, you know. He was, for, in, he, they moved him in the Murphy trade, right? The Sean Murphy trade. I believe I think he's so. An, I think he's an Oakland A now. But as you can see, I mean, okay, maybe. Oh, there's that guy, Hans Kraus. We were just talking about him before the show started. Look, you see that? Hans Kraus. Uh, I don't want to brag about talking about Hans Kraus. <laughs> <laughs> that, that just seems like we both really don't enjoy our lives and enjoy wasting time. <laughs> oh, we talked about Hans Kraus for 10 minutes. <laughs> All right. Well, you can say, well, Felipe, no one's going to be drafting any 181st pitchers. Get the hell out of here. All right. Well, let's go 151 through 180. I mean, there's Jose Quintana. There's I don't know. Jose Quintana had a great year. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm I'm not saying that this is someone that you, oh yeah, it's like Jose Quintana. Mitch but, Keller. How many people were just completely done with Mitch Keller this year? And he goes out and has a nice solid year. So, so Quintana's the big name after 151, right? But it just goes to show you, like he's he's there waiting for to be picked up by in in on a waiver. So I'm okay. There's plenty of starting pitchers out there. Uh, you know what? Maybe 151 is not a good example, but because I might still be too uh, late. All right, let's do 121, right? That's what 12 teams. That's 10. That's 10 starting pitchers per team, right there. If you go at 121, so these guys are the fringes. These are the guys that, who were not selected. Well, Jamison Tyone had a pretty good season last year. Yeah, yeah, there he is. Solid. Uh, Lance McCullers was good when he was out there. Lance McCullers. Yeah, I know he had some injury problems. Oh, Miles Mikolas, Reed Detmers. Uh, do we count Nick Pavetta here? Nick yeah. Pavetta? No. I, I think the big name of this list is the second from or third from the bottom. 
one of the best uh, pitchers in baseball last Tyler year. Anderson. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he was he was great last year. And uh how many people I, I think that's also another he's him and Heaney kind of fall into that. Okay, if the Dodgers sign some guy to a one or two year like prove it deal, you need to pay the hell attention because they know what they're gonna do. And you know who that is this year? No, it's Syndergaard. No. Mm, I do like Syndergaard. And, and I think that's the same mold of, I mean, Tyler Anderson hadn't had an ERA lower than like 4.3 going back to 2017. And then this year he, his K per nine was not near as high as I thought it was, but what was his strikeout percentage? Ooh, only 20%. Ooh. Okay. Uh, yeah. I, I still feel good about him though. Well, I just highlighted one, two, three, four, five, six, six names. I guess that's not a lot, but you just need to hit on one of those guys, right? Yeah. If you get two of those guys, I mean, I, I had my Nicholas for a long time, but then I, I, I lost patience with him and I dropped him. But I know Austin picked him up right up and Austin ended up uh, going all the way to the championship championship game in our podcast league. It, he lost to me, but I also picked up Nick Lodolo in a couple of my leagues. Uh, and Jamison Tyone is now every on the Cubs. And he's supposed to be good. Like people are excited for Jamison Tyone. I'm saying people are excited. So that's what I mean. Like you could just keep waiting. Like Felipe, I'm not impressed. That's only six names. All right. Well, let's go to this one. Zach Plesak, Nestor Cortez, uh, Josiah Gray. Do we count him in here? I mean, he did last the whole year. Yes, but he gave up like 60 home runs. All right. Well, there's Aaron Ashby. We don't count him. But right? I mean, in Nestor Cortez. I, I know. Nestor I Cortez had a great year. I mean, do we do we count Aaron Ashby? Yes or no? Uh, yeah. Uh, you're hesitating. All right, let's go. Uh, no, if, if we're not saying that Nestor Cortez is, then definitely no. not Ashby. No, I, I I did. I'm highlighting both Plesak and Cortez at the top. Oh, oh okay. I didn't so see do we highlighted. include Ashby here or no? I don't no, think we should. No. Okay. Zach Ranky, do we include him on the list? No. Taiwan Walker. Uh, not really. Wow, because when people were gaga over him last year too. Um, Alex Cobb. No. Jesus Lazardo. He's trending up. Uh, I'm sure. putting him in. I'm putting him in. Uh, the, the JT Brubaker. Yeah. George Kirby for sure. I yeah, know for sure. When Cole Irvin. Nah. Dylan Bundy. No. All right. Well, the list has got smaller, but still, that's those are four names. Basically, you got a chance. Ten names in the latter stages of the uh, of the drafts. If you can hit on a Nestor Cortez, on a combination of Nestor Cortez and Reed Detmers, I mean, golly, that's yeah. I, I actually had Nestor on a lot of the leagues that I was, you know, successful in. I had Nestor there, like he, that was a real common thread in a lot of my winning teams. Um, the relegation league that I was in the running for basically all year. Um, uh, I had some dealt with some injuries late, but it was the pitching that kept me alive. I had Nestor, I had Kevin Gossman, I had Alec Manoa, um, I had Sandy Alcantara. I mean, I had like four of the best pitchers in baseball, and they were really the only reason I felt like I got as far as I did. Uh, Nestor giving a, a two point four ERA. Uh, I thought he was just outstanding, and he was a guy who I had on a lot of my more successful teams. And I just highlighted some more names. This is these are pitchers ranked uh, past the sixty-first uh, best starting pitchers of last year. I mean, you could have had a choice of Christian Javier, Drew Rasmussen, yeah. Jose Urquidy, Hunter Green, Pablo Lopez, and again, that's with Framber Valdez as your ace pitcher. 
these are the guys you're going to are going to be looking for. If not in the draft, then definitely through waivers. Keep an eye on those guys on waivers. And certainly, Fran Valdez as your ace, and all these other guys—they're like uh, they're they're your complementary pieces uh, to just keep you afloat and yeah. keep and you know you're not spending too much because because if you're not spending that much on a capital draft capital on starting pitching, that means you are just killing it on offense. That's how you get the Aaron Judges, the Xander Bogarts, uh, Trey Turner's on the same team. Who else did I have last year? Um, a middle infielder, name me a middle infielder that was really good last year. Uh, Andres Jimenez, because I had him in this league. <laughs> no, I didn't have, I didn't have him, I didn't have him. Uh, uh Tommy sh- Edmund. <laughs> no, that, that's Austin. That's Austin's guy, though. That, that's oh, Austin, I, Tommy, I've been on the Tommy Edmund train for like five years now. <laughs> no, not me, man. Let me see who that I have on the hitter's side. Ooh, that's well, I it's had... funny though, now because I used to always say, Why draft Ozzy Albies in the first two rounds when you can get Tommy Edmund at like pick 150? <laughs> and now it's like Tommy Edmonds getting close, just moving further and further up. And I'm like, I still like you, Tommy Edmond, but I'm not going to draft you inside the top 100. All right. Well, I had Alex Bregman on the team as well. So, yeah, that's I, I'd rather have that than, you know, a combination of Corbin Burns and Brandon Woodruff on my team or Max Scherzer. And who else did I mention? Walker Bueller on my team. Uh, oh, yeah, I think I had both Connor Joe and. Who's the other guy? The CJ Chrome, uh, Rockies guy. I, I had Connor Joe in my relegation league uh, winner, but and I want to I... say in the overall for relegation, I was pretty high up there as well. But uh, like you said, you know that team that I had for the relegation league, I was able to stack because really, I think my only high, uh, I'd have to go back and look and see when I drafted Gossman and Alcantara. But I had Trout, I had Jordan Alvarez, I had Julio Rodriguez, who was really, that was the only place I drafted Julio Rodriguez last year, because he was, I I don't know if you remember, but like, as we got closer to opening day, and it was like, he's going to start, they were were talking about it, Julio Rodriguez was getting picked in like, I think it was like 60s, 70s, and I'm just like, oh my god, the guy's never played before, but I I drafted (laughs) him here, just because I could be like, whatever, and it ended up being an absolute win for me, uh, obviously, because 28 home runs, 25 stolen bases. Um, and then I had read somewhere from some like random person on Twitter, not even like an expert or anything, I don't think. But they had showed that if you combined Mike Trout and Austin Slater, uh, what their like 650 plate appearances combined would be. Mm-hmm. And so I had both of those guys on my team. And when Mike Trout went down, uh, Austin Slater gave me a 366 on base with seven home runs and 12 stolen bases. Right. I'm just like, this is helpful, guys. <laughs> and uh, yeah, it, it was a really fun. Uh, definitely was able to get really good hitters. Had Varsho, Jimenez, uh, Jordan Alvarez, of course, is just insane. Yeah, Jordan's pretty good. Jordan, yeah, Jordan, yeah, he, he's, he's a good guy. But you know what, Felipe? I, I know you don't like him because he's a lefty, right? No, man, I'm, I'm all about Jordan Alvarez. He's actually a good lefty. Uh, well, really quick, uh, shout out to Melvin, a uh, regular listener, and the Ozzy Guillen Jr. is on the, on the chat as well. So, uh, Ozzie oh, that, that's always fun. Ozzy Guillen's kid. He also, uh, La Vida Baseball over there. He also has his own. Ozzy, answer me this question. You still have your podcast. It's been a while. I haven't, I've not, I've not gotten the updates on Facebook like I used to. I used to get the updates all the time that he was on live and stuff, and I, I don't get those anymore. So I, I hope it's still going on. Uh, so he, 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 it's pretty good stuff that he brings to the table uh, on his own. Right. And he's also appeared on radio shows and I think even on TV. So, 
So kind of following on his dad's footsteps. Uh, and then the last thing uh, that I have here, like number 31 to 60, right? These are these, this column C here, that's supposed to be the pitchers that are supposed to be borderline top of the rotation. Number two, number three guys. And look, I've only highlighted one, two, three, four, barely 10 names. I highlighted that yeah. you would have been, I mean, I guess you can count Nate Yovali and add him. Maybe Sonny Gray, you can add him too. But maybe Mike Clevenger, if you really want to get charitable. But all this to say, a lot, there were more misses than, than hits. Even if you would have drafted these guys early, these supposed high-ranking pitchers early, you still would have whiffed on on, on half of this list. Yeah, maybe, and, I, and we're not saying more. you can't win if you draft uh, the Garrett Cole or the Zach Wheeler or the Corbin Burns. Like You can definitely win. It's just you got to also know where to find value in pitching. Yeah, because and, one, and there's, the so, right there's so yeah, there's so much of it. But if you spend the draft capital to get a Shane Bieber or a Corbin Burns, and then you whiff on the guys behind them, it's it's hard to make up because in the end, that one starter that you have at the front is only one of like five or six or seven starters you're gonna have, and that's one seventh of your production. Uh, so you, I think it's better always to spread it out yeah, with pitching yeah. uh, as long as you know what you're like, as long as you know who you're getting. I mean, you, you, if you picked Jose Barrios and uh, I, I'm random trying to think of an SP2. Uh, and, uh, Trevor like, Rogers. Got, yeah, Trevor Rogers, which I <laughs> that was another thing in the uh, Earth League. Uh, Trevor Rogers was my SP2. I had DeGrom and Trevor. That was just a doomed league Ooh, from the start. Yeah, that's um, not good. <laughs> and it's like funny because I felt so good about it because I really liked what I saw in Rogers the previous years. Um, but yeah, it's like it, it's really easy to fall behind early with pitching. I feel yeah. like, yeah, um, you got to yeah. establish a good base of it in the draft. And then uh, know how to evaluate them on waiver wire too. So um, it, it's a lot. And then the, like the minor leagues too. Like how many pitchers, how many rookies did we talk about last week? That hey, this guy helped me last year. That guy helped me out last year. This guy helped me out last year. It was like the whole, almost the entire damn list was all rookie pitchers that helped us out last year. Yep. So it, it's so yeah, uh, it's a, it's a lot to take in. That's why baseball, it, fantasy baseball, is the best of all the fantasy sports. There, I said it better, much better than football, better than basketball. Although I love bad fantasy basketball, I love the fantasy WNBA. You know me, man. But baseball, my wife asked me, "Why do you do this? Why I don't see other guys doing this?" Well, other guys are losers. Okay. <laughs> no. uh, really quick note: Ozzy Gian Jr. says, um, first of all, he says this information is so good. So I man, appreciate the compliments. I really do. Uh, we are on our YouTube channel, The Guillen Grid. Sorry, let me repeat that. The Guillen Grid. We have our shows in Spanish and English. Ah, por supuesto. Muy bien, muy bien. Que bueno, que bueno. So, yeah, there's my Spanish there. But so that was last year's list, though, Sean. What about this year? As you can see, Fantasy yeah. Pros, Corbin Burns. Usually I'm used to seeing Garrett Cole at the top of the list. Now it's Corbin Burns. Shoy Otani. Like, Shoy Otani was like a tier two pitcher for me last year. Yeah. Number three overall this year. And I, I have to say I'm, I'm behind that. Jacob DeGrom, Samuel Contour, Spencer Strider, Dylan Sees, Aaron Ola, Shane McClanahan, Brandon Woodruff, Justin Verlander at number 11, and Max Scherzer at number 12. Mm, Sean, I don't know, man. I do, do, do we invest in that draft capital for one of these starting pitchers to uh, be our ace of our pitching staffs uh, this upcoming season. I think the guys that you definitely or one of the guys that you definitely don't do it in is Dylan Cease. Uh, I, I know I just said, Hey, he helped me win the baseball life league this year. That was last year. Yeah. But at this, at this price, no, 
uh not with <laughs> not with the command prompts uh uh it's a very judicious uh spencer strider i worry about workload um otani depending on league format is is he worth like if you draft him at that adp can you justify taking him out of the, your rotation and trying to dh him for a week like Maybe if he had some <clears throat> terrible matchup against the it's Dodgers the Yankees or, or the Astros. Yankees. Yeah. No, I mean, oh. I think of all of the guys, if I'm going to invest any draft capital on any of these guys, it's Shoei Otani for the simple fact that he can hit. Yeah. I mean, I mean in, in a daily league, obviously, he's oh, number yeah. one. But Daily league's number one, yeah. Um, but in a traditional weekly league, uh, head-to-head, because we only I only do head-to-head. I don't know what you do yeah. over there. I, you're seven leagues. You must be doing a little bit of everything. Yeah, but. It's a, I'm trying to get more into season-long Roto, which was what the relegation league was, and that was the first time I've ever won a, a season-long just Roto league because uh, I, I started off in head-to-head with baseball because I kind of hey, transi- transitioned from football. <laughs> and uh, Hey, listen, man. I've also won the Roto leagues uh, the last couple of years. Unfortunately, I was playing head-to-head, so it doesn't count. <laughs> You, um, the, you would have won in Roto formats, but I'm the Roto champion. <laughs> yeah. Who says I'm bad at Roto, right? But it, was... It's like really in this top five, top 10, the only two I feel like I would draft. And if they were both available, I would be tempted to do pocket aces uh, and just be a bad lad. Cause I, I feel better about my hitter evaluation yep. going into next year than I do pitchers. Um, I, I would see if I could do burns and a, uh, uh, a contra excellent um but and... the other ones the seasons the striders um uh, i even mcclanahan i i really like mcclanahan's stuff i just worry about the health aaron nola i could maybe add into that three with burns alcantara but i've always been the low guy on nola so i feel like why would i change it now <laughs> Well, uh, let's add, I mean, if, if for those in the chat and for those who are listening uh, after the fact on either YouTube or um, Spotify, Apple, Google, whatever, uh, who would be your pocket aces? Like these are two starting pitchers in the top 12, let's say top 15. So we're also including Carlos Rodon, Shane Bieber, Zach Wheeler. Hell, we'll put in Julio Urias too. Hell, even Kevin Gossman. Luz, although if you're talking about Kevin Gossman, Luis Castillo, those become value picks. After yeah. the fact, so let's 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 stop at Julio Urias. So the top sixteen starting pitchers this upcoming year, uh, and you could check out that list at fantasypros.com. Who are your pocket aces? Because my pocket aces would definitely be. I'm I would live and die with Shohei Otani as my first round pick this in upcoming drafts, and then I would. It's it's so no, tough. I don't for care. Me. It's I don't so care. tough for me. It's not that tough. I've done tough. it elsewhere. I, I, I've done that. It's just it's hard in a weekly. Roto, it, it's just tough. Well, like I said, um, and a good morning to my guy Jacob Moses. Um, hey, you know what? Since we're keeping it related, we talked about Ozzy and Ozzy uh, being on the chat. Jacob, as you may or may not know, I believe his uncle was an Olympic sprint runner. Oh, there you go. Uh, I think his name was Edwin Moses. And he tells it. I, I love that story, and, and for some reason, I can't. I can't accurately tell it at this point so if uh, jacob it doesn't mind correcting me I'm, i do apologize but my memory is not what it used to be sorry if it's not baseball related i just forget about things you know <laughs> ask my wife oh yeah, yeah. No, my wife gets me on that <laughs> i don't get how you can remember the the 31st prospect for the chicago cubs but you can't remember something simple as taking out the trash I'm like oh my mind is preoccupied with more important things wife i, I believe it i believe it 
<laughs> so, so your pocket aces, if you had to do Shohei Otani. one and two or two and three, yeah, um, I, I'm gonna go with Shohei Otani as my first as my first rounder, and then the other pocket ace. I'm. Oh, I hate this. I, I feel hate, like if uh, you if you pick two hitters, like, and then do pitchers three and four, uh, depending on like if it's a, a twelve or a fifteen team league. Well, like, I, I feel like at, at that the, point, is it even like a, a pocket aces? Because I well, always feel like pocket aces, like you got to have two in the first three picks. <laughs> no, I, the way I see it, if like I said, that's why I expanded it from number one to number sixteen. Who am I comfortable as oh, okay. my two starting pitchers at gotcha. the very top? And I think I would just go with uh, Shohei Otani and Zach Wheeler, and I'm still not very. I, I'm still not very happy about that, but uh, the only consolation I have is that Shohei Otani is can also hit for me as well. So yeah, I mean, if, if I weren't going to do back to back, like if I'm drafting at the back end of the first round this year, I'm definitely tempted by the possibility of just going Burns Alcantara and or one hitter and an Alcantara, and then see if by the time the next pick comes around to get Wheeler. Uh, by the way, just, uh, yeah, go ahead. Really quick. Jacob says that Edwin Moses was his cousin, not his uncle. So okay, gotcha, we, gotcha. We, we, relative greatness here on the total basis podcast. <laughs> so go on. Sorry. I interrupted you. Go ahead. But yeah. It, it's one of those. I definitely want to pair Alcantara and like people are like, Oh, why would you spend such high draft pick on a guy who doesn't strike out that many guys? Well, with Alcantara, even though on a per inning, he's not striking out a lot of guys he's easily throwing the most innings of any other pitcher, yeah. um, much like Zach Wheeler. So if you can get both of those guys um, in the first three rounds, say, uh, I, I think you're in a really good spot. Uh, then if you are kind of throwing your eggs in the uh, Spencer Strider, Dylan Cease basket type deal. But as we move on, like we go at number 17 and, I guess we go down to 39 because that's all that fits on my screen right now. But I'm actually more excited about this list. Remember, I I had Framber Valdez as my 26th best starting pitcher last year. Uh, and I'm more excited about this, the the back end of this list, of this yeah. top 40 list with Kevin Gossman, Luis Castillo. I'm actually more comfortable having Luis Castillo as my actual ace, so to speak. Oh, wow. And uh, hell, I'll even, I'll even live and die again with Fran Valdez, and I get more excited about the possibility of getting Christian Javier back. You see, I've I've been on this Javier train, and now this year, like after their postseason run, and they're like, oh, he's finally a starter this year. Because that's for someone who's drafted and rostered Javier for several years now. It's always just been like the, okay, when are they going to make him a starter this year? Is it going to be in May? Is it going to be in June? Is he going to go back to the bullpen after he starts a few games? Uh, so it is fun to see him start getting a lot of this fantasy love, but at the same time, I'm gonna like shucks because I gotta find somebody else that's like down in the 100 to 200 range. You will, you will. <laughs> I believe in you. I believe in us. I believe in us. Your 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 successes are my successes too. We're, we're <laughs> we are a partnership here. Yeah. No, but Christian Javier number 24 should still allow you to wait a little bit on him. And get him. And I mean, like I said, I, 26, number 26 was Framber Valdez last year, and I got him pretty damn late. I mean, so, I'm sure, like, what was Christian Javier probably going last year, though? Oh, uh, was, it, it had to be close to 200, uh, if, not, he, if not way past that, because everyone thought it was reliever. Sometimes I uh, he went undrafted more often than oh, not, wow. too, just because we don't know we don't know what his situation is. I mean, I know I drafted him in my points league, and I immediately dropped him because he was doing nothing for me because 
bullpen, right? But again, I'm more excited about this back end list than I am on the front end list. I mean, I can see myself getting, well, first of all, I need to make sure I get one of these guys, uh, Gossman, Castillo, even Manoa, uh, Valdez for sure. And then if I can, I'm more comfortable putting both Valdez and Javier on the same team than I am the any of those other top 16 guys that I, we just mentioned. Hell, even Tristan McKenzie as my number two would be great. Nasser Cortez would also be great in that spot. Kyle Wright, I don't believe in him too much, but he does play on a really good team and wins do matter in fantasy. So number Kyle Wright is my number two guy. I, I live with that. Logan Gilbert might be a number one guy um, if he lives up to potential. And then mixing in, and then putting him together with his teammate, uh, George Kirby, or a combination of Hunter Green and Nick Lodolo, I'm more excited about. I'm sorry, dude. I am more excited about that than I am in the, uh, of getting a top sixteen p- starting pitcher. Yeah, I just who's fortieth here? Who would be number fortieth? Uh, Joe Ryan. Joe Ryan, <laughs> brother. Uh, it's like stealing candy okay, from a baby Hulk at this Hogan. point. Okay, Hulk Hogan. I am. I am listening to that to the podcast where they're uh, doing the Hulk Hogan uh, uh, during his time at Total Nonstop Action, and it's uh, every other. Word is brother, dude, man. Uh, uh, she reached, she tried to reach over me, and I got startled because you know, the last thing you want to do with Hulk Hogan is get him from behind because he doesn't like that. <laughs> uh, but yeah, Joe Ryan, number 40. Wow, I don't know. Are we wrong about Joe Ryan? We were pretty harsh I, on him. I, I, I've, I've always liked him. It's I, granted, this year wasn't really, I think he had too much hype. That was kind of what happened, and uh. I mean, he's still only 26. The hope, like, he, he wasn't bad. Three and a half ERA. Uh, the, the strikeouts weren't as high as I think people were expecting. I think that's where the, the biggest issue came in was uh, in his debut five starts, he had, you know, 10K per nine with a uh, 30% strikeout rate. And this year it was a 25% strikeout rate. But I mean, still really low batting average against didn't really suffer that much from home runs. Like it didn't go up. It actually went down, which is a good thing for Joe Ryan. Uh, I, I feel more comfortable with him at his price now than I did that this time last year. Exactly. Exactly. And it's a tough sell for me, uh, him being a top 40. Although I see that last year I had him pretty highly ranked as well. So Felipe, you know, I mean, there. a lot of people loved him last year. I mean, he was the, the kind of the, the fantasy. He was Christian Javier. People were thinking that, he could kind of be the Christian Javier, but he was guaranteed to start. Right. Because they, yeah. they, they were kind of in that same mold. They never gave up hits, high strikeout rates, low ground ball rates, high fly ball rates. Uh, they're very like similar in that regard. Um, but a lot of people were kind of expecting Joe Ryan to just be what Christian Javier or what they were hoping Christian Javier would become because right. he kept going back and forth. He was always good, but he wasn't always starting. And we're like, Joe Ryan's a starter. We know he's starting. So. Well, Joe Ryan, I had him in my top 50 last year. It's a, it's a different type of, uh, not this year. I, I Top 50 is a little bit more of a buy for me, but not top 40 though. I mean, I just can't do it. I mean, I, well, let's we'll finish up with this. It wasn't supposed to be a whole starting pitching thing. It's supposed to be more of an introspective thing. But we're on subject, right? Yeah. And one of the things we were going to talk what, about was maybe what we some learned, ADP. What we learned about in pitching this year. Oh, okay, good, good, good. So we're on. We are on track. Uh, Pablo Lopez or Joe Ryan? I think I would go with Pablo Lopez. I think I'd go Joe Ryan. All right, uh, Freddie Peralta. Are you going to give him another chance or no? Uh, I, 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 uh, I, that sounds I, like no. a no. I, I really don't want to. <laughs> 
you know what? Maybe we're being a little harsh because the next guys aren't any better. Chris Bassett over Joe Ryan. Uh, Chris Bassett's pitching where Toronto. Yeah. Um, I'd probably take Bassett just because I kind of expect him to maybe farm a few more wins. But yeah, mm, uh, I Joe Ryan. Oh, well, I got to remember that they're not unbalanced that the schedule should be more balanced this upcoming season so that whole thing about joe ryan playing in a weak division i think that goes out the window right i mean he still has to face the royals the yeah White i Sox. mean they, they still get the what is a 14 or 15 games against their S- division rivals something like that but it, it's going from 19 to something else okay well i guess that's still a lot of, i mean the a lot of matchups against the awful god-awful tigers and again that goes into my whole streaming streaming capability uh options as yeah. opposed to just going with a supposed sure thing because there are no short things in in starting pitching and in, in the in 2023 baseball uh so i guess i'll go with joe ryan uh, chris sale or joe ryan joe ryan okay i i, uh, I, I just i i feel like i've Last year I didn't, but year before last, I kind of tried to buy into the when sale gets healthy. And it goes back to what I kind of started the show off with. When you know there's injury concern, don't just try and dismiss it because you're looking at the potential. Because when you do that, you're wasting early draft picks. Uh, I feel like Chris Sale... It's what was wrong with him? It was it wasn't an arm injury again, was it? I know that. He, uh, was it, I think it was. I mean, was it, it, it's it's all been like pitching related, or yeah, maybe maybe he, it was like a finger thing. I can't remember. Yeah, I the last thing I remember from him was that he R- uh, wrist tried to catch road, a wire wrist, a wrist injury because he was trying to catch a line drive. Yeah, that went back to him. So it's not like he that it's wear and tear. It just seems like it was a fluky thing that happened to him. So maybe, but then, but then you even go into the fact that okay, we'll admit their fluke injuries. Um, he only made two starts this year, five and two thirds innings. Uh, fastball velocity was as high as it's been really since 2018. That's a good thing, but he didn't pitch at all in 2020. In 2019, he only threw 147 innings. 2021, he threw 42 innings. This year, he threw five and two thirds innings. How many? can we accurately project him for he hasn't thrown over 160 innings since 2017 mm. and he's going to be 34 years old he is 34 years old no, counterpoint about, to all about that to be 34 well counterpoint to that as we know older is better for starting pitchers <laughs> that's what we learned ask that's, the Mets ask the that, Mets that's what we're going for that's what I'm saying that's what I'm saying man and, and, and you know what that's the other thing what did we learn in the first four seasons of this podcast older is better for, and not just for them, but for catchers too. That's why Martin Maldonado always has a job, right? Yeah. Um, what was the other thing? Um, Chris Sale. And how many pitchers really go over 160 innings? I think if you get 140, 150 innings out of Chris Sale, that's a win. That's like almost a start a week. That's what I you mean, get out of Shoyo Tani. He's made less than 50 professional or 50 major league innings the last two years. Yeah, man, he has a new arm. Oh, he's a surgically he's rebuilt arm. New, it's bionic. We have the resources. We can build them up again, all right? Uh, and let me see. After several short sale made his debut on July 8th, limiting the race to three hits over five scoreless frames. The Rays are a good team, right? He fanned five with one walk. His promising return was squashed. And promising return, Sean. <laughs> but it was squashed two outs into the next game when he suffered a broken pinky on a comebacker. It was unclear if Sale would pitch again in 2022, but surgery for... Uh, a broken wrist incurred from a bicycle accident. Make me a bicycle clown. <laughs> okay, so, okay. So he gets hit by a comebacker 
and then he falls off his bike and breaks his wrist. Come on. Oh, like. I think it's coming back to me. Yeah. It's kind of like doing the whole Tatis thing. If he <laughs> if he gets busted for PD use, then he really is the, <laughs> the reincarnation there. So he'll be back with Boston uh for two seasons. He didn't miss yeah. time with an arm injury, but he only accrued 48-8 and one-third innings, like you mentioned, in 2021. He's a wild card. When healthy, he's one of the top hurdles in the hurlers in the league. Last season's truncated return is encouraging, but even if healthy, he'll be 33, although I think 34 with an innings limit. Let someone else play for the brand name. I think I'm that guy. I think I want to buy in. Uh, uh, at that price, I'm, why would I get a guy who I'm questionable could even reach 120, 130 innings when I feel like in that list around the names, where was he uh, right there? Uh, I could get the guys say – and. If I want to go with limited innings, I would go with Dustin May. But I want actual innings, so I'm going to look at Drew Rasmussen. I'm going to look at Tony Gonsolin further down. Or, I mean, hell, even Jordan Montgomery. I'm I'm going to take my innings and run. (laughs) Like, seriously. And I'm not going to ride a bike while I'm running away and fall and break my wrist like Chris L. I don't know. I feel like if if I have that option to just put them in there against favorable matchups like the Orioles, Pause for effect. I mean, he's at a 166 ADP. Mm, Uh, If someone, mm. if if a league that I'm in, he just refused to pick him and it's getting close to like 190, 195, 200. Okay, I'll pick him. That's the 13th, 14th round, man. Uh, Like I said, I'd much rather, I'd much rather, rather, yeah, rather have Montgomery. Luzardo, who uh, Luzardo is an innings concern as well, but at least he's younger, hasn't been hurt as uh, much, and has more well, upside. He, well, his, his was less younger. injury and more. His was less injury and more just bad performance. That's not how it works, man. Younger means more volatility. You know that. <laughs> Chris is old and already been volatile. <laughs> older is better. With did you do you want to see you want to see the list again? All right, let's go back to the top. <laughs> Don't make the me Grom. tap the sign. <laughs> the Grom, 40, 35 years old, right? Or something along the lines. He's old as hell. Aaron Nola has been in the league forever. Shane McClanahan, well, he he's a top 10 pitcher. And I the last I saw him, he was holding onto his left shoulder. Brandon <laughs> Woodruff is 31, I believe. Justin Verlander is a damn near 40. Max Scherzer is damn near 40. Oh, Carlos Verlander is Verlander is 40. All right, there you go. Forty-ish. Yeah. Rodan also has uh, numerous repairs on his shoulder, but we're 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 buying into the fact that he's going to be top thirteen, and nothing can go possibly wrong in a hitter-friendly ballpark. Yeah. Oh, so, okay. So Verlander's thirty-nine, but he's entering uh, age forty season. He's he old. turns he turns forty on February twentieth. He's older. He's older than dirt. You you Darvish ranked number twenty-first, and we don't know what he's, the hell he's, to expect. He's old as shit. <laughs> yeah, he's he's an old 35, I think, at this point, right? Or whatever age. 36, like, something like that. All this to say that, yeah, don't don't expect to uh, get slam dunk performances from these spring chickens you keep talking about because sometimes older is better when it comes to starting pitching. That's not me. That's just me observing that the, all the, most of the top 10, top 12 guys are in the latter stages of their what well, they're supposed to be their twilight of their careers, and they're doing just fine. It could be because they're speaking, learning how to Speaking pitch. of that, and I just saw his name, uh, sandwiched in between very younger guys, Clayton Kershaw. <laughs> There's another guy. That's a guy that I've actually drafted everywhere, like the last two years. But really quick, so what we learned about Joe Ryan is that, you know what, Joe Ryan might not be a bad idea. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Charlie Morton over Joe Ryan? 
Uh, no, no. I, I'll, I'll take I'll take Joe Ryan. I'll take Joe Ryan. Lucas Giolito. Uh, I'll take Joe Ryan because I don't think Giolito's that good. And we talk about Dustin May. I I, I want to I want to believe in Dustin May, but again, innings limits. Coming, yeah, coming back from the Tommy John, they have so many options too. They if they wanted, they could just turn him into like a piggyback starter. Um, there's... but it go so it turns out, Mister Flannery, is that maybe we're too a little bit too harsh on Joe Ryan, but at the same time, Joe Ryan doesn't get me excited as some of these other names that I can probably wait a little longer, like a Dustin May, like a Jesus Lazardo, like a Frankie Montes, like a Luis Garcia, who, you know, my, my, my other mantra, the other thing I learned about 2022, maybe the first four seasons of this podcast, you can never go wrong with a Houston Astros pitcher. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I agree with that. Or if you want to take it a step further, you can never go wrong with a Tampa, a Tampa Bay, Bay or a yeah. Cleveland pitcher <laughs> or a Cleveland pitcher, Cleveland rocks. Yeah. Uh, the Tampa Bay pitchers. And the question is Drew Rasmussen and Jeffrey Springs was, it's a great segue. Our guy, Jacob has a question for us. What do you think about Shane Baz? Is he still with the Rays? Yeah. Still, still with the Rays. The Rays. Uh, he had, he got shut down for wasn't Tommy John. Um, I don't think uh, it's uh he pitches for the Rays. Oh, no, yeah, it, it was Tommy hurt. John. Um, he's going to miss all 2023. Oh, well, there you go. Uh, I wonder if Jacob has him on his team. Yeah, so when did he have it? This was oh, September 24th, so yeah. it's. Um... Oh, yeah, he's – but when he does come back, uh, if he's still with the Rays, yeah. as you know, Sean, the Rays are loaded, loaded at that rotation spot. So he needs to get traded to, like, you know, I don't know, the Nationals or something. So he had been on the – he had a surgery at the beginning of the year to have a uh, arthroscopic cleanup, removing loose bodies in the elbow. Yeah. Oh, you would have think like they could have had Tommy John at the beginning of the year. Oh well. Grayson Rodriguez or Joe Ryan? There's only uh, one acceptable for, answer for, here. Redraft or oh, or just redraft? I don't know. I I usually just use the same cheat sheet for all, all any league that I'm in. So Joe, Joe Ryan, if it's for redraft. No way, man. Grayson Rodriguez, I, this is his year. Do you trust the Orioles, the team that you loathe, to do um, the right thing? You can't go wrong with Grayson Rodriguez. You cannot go wrong. A guy with his pedigree and his performance and his uh, production, young guy like that is exactly with a brand new left field. Not a left fielder, just a left field. <laughs> That's such a weird thing to talk about, but it's so like – the relevant. They, it's well, so it's, relevant. It's the reason they were able to compete with a crappy ass team like that. But Grayson Rodriguez makes all things better, all the things better. I believe I, it. I, I, you know how I feel about the kid. I'm I know. I know you do, and I know everyone just he's consensus like the best. But I think I'm in love, Sean. Uh you know what I, I? You know what vibes I get from Grayson Rodriguez? Yes. The guy who just cruises through the minor leagues, <laughs> just makes them his bitch, and then when he gets to the major league level, falls apart. No man, he's too oh, good. Like it's it's one of the like it's like you, you look at some like top prospects that do okay in, in the minors. They they're good at like even I felt like Adley was that way. Like he wasn't like rushing people in the minor leagues, but he was good mm-hmm. and. uh well, I guess, uh, yeah, like in 2022, uh, he was only in the minors. Okay, he kind of crushed him this year. Uh, but last year, 2021, the majority of the season in double A, which was good, 145. But it's that like was it, wasn't, it wasn't like lighting. 
I don't know. I don't know. It was to... good. Man. That's all it was. Just good. Like, Maybe okay. Adley was a bad example, but it's just I feel like there's such a level of dominance that sometimes these guys they're so dominant in the minor leagues. And I feel um, like this really happens with pitchers that when they get their first taste of failure, some of them don't know how to respond. Uh, and I, I feel like that's something that could uh, happen to Grayson. I don't know. That, that's just spitballing. I have like it's just a, a gut feeling. Well, I, I just want to point out some of the guys that graduated from our uh, prospect shows. Aaron Ashby on the list uh, past the 60th best starting pitcher ranking. Aaron Ashby, Reed Detmers, Edward Cabrera. Again, these are all prospects that we highlighted on this show in one way or another in the last cup, in the last four seasons. Actually, yep. why not? Um, uh, they're on that list. You want to count Trevor Rogers in there too? Should yeah, count and, and Bailey Ober. We were talking. Oh, about Bailey, Bailey Ober, Ober good eye. Still a prospect. Ozier Queedy. Yeah. So I don't know. It just makes me feel happy to see. These I guys. just remember uh, when Jose Arquidi finally like first came up. I remember Eno Saris talking about him in his pitch mix, and he was like just raving, and he was like, "It's like they created him in a lab." <laughs> and I was like, Wait, "Yeah, that's you, you, that sounds you, like Houston." Are you talking about Eno Saris? Yeah. So you gotta go. It sounds like they created him in a lab. It's ridiculous. <laughs> oh, I'm telling you, man. As I sip up my IPA. <laughs> you know, speaking of rookies, uh, our guy Glenn um, saying that rookie pitching are whip killers. Um, sometimes, sometimes, sometimes. I don't know. I, 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 I can. I. You saw me last year, man. I, if it weren't for rookies, I wouldn't have any any rotations. I'm, I'm actually I, I want to test that uh, theory. So you keep talking about rookie pitchers for a little bit. No, I'm done. This is it, right? Oh, I'm gonna stop oh. sharing my screen here. Um, and we move on to we segue into the next thing. We'll be talking more pitchers uh, throughout the off season as we try to get ready and ramp ramp up our research and ramp up our spreadsheets and all that uh, as the uh, off season rolls moves on. We have a long ways to go, guys. We have a long ways to go. Uh, right now, Austin and I, behind the scenes, are uh, we have our information laid out for hitters and starting pitchers. We're going to wait at the very last minute for relief pitchers because that's that's even more volatile than starting pitchers, and yeah. things can change drastically in, in that position. Uh, but at the very least, we're going to start with what we have. I'm looking at prospects in the minor leagues to see who's going to be able to come up and maybe supplant some of these veterans on the major league rosters. So little by little, we're getting that done. Uh, we're still waiting on uh, projections. We don't know if we're going to use steamer or ATC projections to help us um, uh, figure out which direction to go with our rankings this upcoming season. So lots of things to do, but lots of things to talk about. And don't worry, we have plenty, plenty of uh, information to this shout to help you guys who are getting ready for your fantasy baseball years. Also, Austin and Kevin Miller, we're going to do our... Hall of Fame show next Thursday. Unless they cancel on me again. <laughs> <laughs> or, or something bad happens to me as well. But we're going to go ahead and uh, get that rolling as well. So I can't wait to talk and see who we're going to vote. Did you vote already? You voted already, Yes, right? I, I voted. I I should have put my sticker on. I'm sorry. In, in alphabetical order too, right? I heard. Yeah, in alphabetical order. Granted, I think if you look closely, I messed up Roland and Rodriguez. But... Kevin no said it noticed. was alphabetical, so I'll give him credit. <laughs> At least it wasn't in alphabetical. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you got you got something for me over there? Yeah. So I I just wanted to uh, 
with uh, Glenn's comment that rookie pitchers are whip killers, which I would tend to sounds about right. Uh, so I went in back to 2010, the lowest there have only been four starting pitchers to post a sub one whip, which is considered, you know, very good, like great. Extremely uh, and well, they're in yeah. there. Yeah. in their rookie seasons. Do you think you could guess them? No, it's just too, too many. One, one to was through. the, one was the sheer. It should be this an easy pass year. Yes. Oh, minimum man. of minimum of a hundred innings. That was my my minimum. I'm, I'm blanking, man. I'm Spencer blanking. Strider. Oh, that's in 2022. Obvious. So obvious. Go Chris ahead. Paddock in 2019. Oh yeah. Then the next one was a rookie in 2018 who posted the lowest whip at 0.92. That was Walker Bueller. And then the second lowest or tied for second lowest paddock at 0.98 in 2013, Jose Fernandez, uh, some other guys that pop up on this list, uh, 2014, Colin McHugh with Houston, 2015, Noah Syndergaard, uh, Masahiro Tanaka, rookie Masahiro Tanaka. That's fun times to think about, mm-hmm. but uh, on the opposite end of the spectrum, you had, uh, let me find the highest whips, uh, uh, Michael Lorenzen. I didn't realize he debuted all the way back in 2015. Tyler Molly in 2018 posted a 1.59 whip. Uh, this is a uh, quite the list. I mean, they either kill you or there's some uh, definitely outliers. Well, it's like anything. I remember a colleague of mine when we when I was still working with um, regularly with XNSports.com. He wrote like a, an article way back in. When I first started, like in 2014, around there, 2013, 2014, around there. And he did write an article about, you know, we fall in love with these prospects, but not everybody's going to hit. For every Ryan Braun, there's like 10 guys who just fail miserably. And so you got to temper expectations, right? And which yeah, and I, I mean, one of these, the the rounding out the top 10 at nine and 10 are uh, 2014 Matt Shoemaker with a 1.07 whip. Mm-hmm. And this is a name I'd, I've, don't even know 2011 because I, I took it back to 2010. Yeah, Guillermo Moscoso. Oh God, had a uh, 1.08 whip and 21 starts. Never even heard of the guy. I mean, it just goes to show you that whip is not a good indicator of future yeah, it, performance. It, 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 so. Yeah, and Derek Rodriguez, who had the really good uh, rookie year in 2018. Well, yeah, it was two eight year or 2.89 uh, ERA. He was up there on that list. Michael Fulmer as a starter. Uh, Casey Mize actually didn't have a terrible 1.14 whip in his rookie year, 3.7 ERA. Jacob DeGrom, rookie Jacob DeGrom at 1.14, tied with the likes of Kenta Maeda, Casey Mize, John Means, and Alexi Ogondo. Oh, my God, some of the names here. Well, like I said. He wrote, an, like I said, this this article was written way back in the mid 2010s, and they mentioned Ryan Braun, Troy Tulowitzki. Those guys, those rookies were good, but not all rookies are going to help you out, and you should temper your expectations, right? Well, I think we're trying to do the same thing here. Yeah, we speak glowingly of these rookies, but it doesn't mean that, yeah, you got to waste a sixth round, seventh round pick for these rookies. But we saw that there is value to getting rookies. I mean, we saw the rookie list that we did last uh, uh, a couple of weeks ago, or back in December, I should say. I mean, you're, you're not going to – if you didn't get Spencer Strider, George Kirby, Nick Lodolo, Hunter Green, Braxton Garrett. I'm sorry. Was, like, Spencer Strider even being drafted? No. I mean, no when was. did he make his first – I don't really remember him breaking camp with the team, but he might have. I, I mean, Austin and I, we had him, like – 
well, not maybe maybe not Austin so much, but I had him ranked like way, way, oh, okay. way so, past. Yeah, he made his first appearance. He was coming out of the bullpen, I think. That's what it was. Let me see if I have him there. Yeah, because he I didn't make his first start until May 30th. Uh, he was coming out of the pen multi-innings from April 7th to May 25th. So I he probably wasn't getting drafted. I mean, there might've been some hype from spring training, like uh, Mm -hmm. who uh, Matt Brash. I remember Matt Brash had a lot of hype coming out of spring training. Yeah. We Um, talked about that. Yeah. Uh, no, but uh, yeah, Spencer Strider was one of those guys when we did these shows together. Oh, baseball savant, these uh, and then these uh, projections. You know, he's not going to start, but his numbers look really damn good. We should keep an eye on him. And then we didn't. I didn't have him listed on my relief pitchers. I didn't have him listed on my starting pitching cheat sheets. But it was always a guy that I just keep in back of mind, keep in back of mind because he, this might be something special. And it turned out it was more than we can ever imagine. But still, that's just I don't know. Just when I see like oh well rookies are whip killers so does that mean you're just not even going to give those guys a chance at all you're, you're eliminating any chance of you picking up a a, a, a rookie starting pitcher because you're afraid he's going to kill your whip i don't know a lot of those guys i mentioned joe ryan number seven was uh where he finished in my in my cheat sheet brian bellow who helped me in my championship game even though he had an awful season last year but he started pitching better as the year yeah, went I was on. Saying, down, down the stretch in september i want to say i had him in the uh uh baseball uh fan tracks baseball life league oh uh, you know like i said i had him in the podcast league and he helped me defeat austin so i'm, yeah. I'm, I'm andre palante i'm pretty sure a lot of guys picked him up aaron ashby i know he's uh weird because <laughs> we don't know what the brewers are doing and when he's out there he has some command issues but uh maybe that's not a good example but still they're, they're, i mean if you use these guys correctly you should be able to benefit if anything, you should be able to benefit from the element of surprise, right? Because a lot of yeah. these guys, there's not a lot of tape on these folks, and you should be, you know, get a. And then depending on who the who the who the pitching matchup is, you should be able to benefit immensely. Anyway, so that's the pitching side of things, and uh, I guess you could say, what do we learn about not just 2022, but the first four seasons of this podcast? I guess that's it, right there, right? Starting pitching is very volatile. Duh. Yeah. It's not what it used to be when I, you know, what Sean back when I started back in <laughs> the 2002 in the olden days, especially in points leagues, you had to go after these starting top tier starting pitchers, yeah. the Pedro Martinez's, the Greg Maddox's, the Randy Johnson's, um, Johnson's, <laughs> hell, even Roy Oswalt, uh, Mark oh, Mulder. Oh, Roy Oswalt, that's a name there. Mark Mulder, Barry Zito, Tim Hudson. I think at one point I had both Tim Hudson and Mark Mulder on my team. And I, and I, after I drafted those two guys, I slept like a baby. I like, yes, <laughs> I was so proud of myself, but little that I know, little that I know. But anyway, that's, that's that. Um, well, with that being said, what are we looking forward to in 2023, Sean? Uh, doing better with pitching. <laughs> I, I, I feel like that's the, the thing every year is, uh, feel good about my pitching on draft day um, and don't really second guess myself. Mm. Cause I, I think that's an easy thing to do. You can have your, in your head or in your spreadsheet going into the draft, the list in the order of pitchers in which you like them. And then you get to when you're on the clock and say a guy who you're lower on is still available, but he's that he's that first name on the draft board because everyone's not picking them. Right. And the guy that you have in front of them is still, of course, still there. But the guy that you're low on, it, it, you can't really second guess yourself that moment and be like, oh, well, 
this guy's falling. And even though he's not the highest guy on my board, like, should I get him? And then you draft that guy. And then you hope that the guy that you really wanted comes back to you. And most of the time it doesn't. Cause if guys that you're low on and everybody else is being low on uh, likely that they're going to be higher on the people that you, you guys are probably all thinking the same thing at that, at that point. So uh, yeah, no, don't second guess yourself in starting pitching. I'm sorry. Can you clarify who who are you picking in that scenario? Are you picking the guy who's the number one guy in your list, or are you picking up the guy who's dropping and you should be like, you know, no, I'm gonna p- picking the guy his... that you have lower on your list, but is Just... you know generally ranked higher in ADP. Mm-hmm. So you don't pick your guy; you pick the higher ranked guy because he's fallen a little bit, um, which is kind of what happened to me with Degrom last year in the uh, Wharf League. So, all right. So basically, uh, are we still doing like, the stick home... to your stick to your like? rankings and orders oh i see what you're saying don't let how the draft is i mean obviously you have to adjust to how the draft is going but don't let how the draft is going change your process so uh are we still what do you call it living by the mantra of it's never too early the whole mario mergola philosophy (laughs) too you see mario really does and it's what i really do like about having him in our league is he brings kind of like this whole wild card, no clue what he's going to do. Because mm-hmm. uh, what was it that he did the one year where he had, within five rounds, he had both JT Romuto and Gary Sanchez. Yeah, the the top three catchers of that time. And he, when he realized it was a two-catch, which he didn't know until the day of the draft. <laughs> oh, it's a two-catcher league? All right, well, I guess I'm going to corner the market on catchers then. Yeah, and, and then when uh, Vlad was a rookie, he did the same thing. Like he he picked Vlad, I think somewhere like fifty to sixty. Um, it was just I, it was wild. I have a scenario for you. Okay, let's say that Jonathan India. It's late in the draft, so what, this looks like it's one hundred eighty picks in. Right, I'm, I'm just looking at the ADP uh, over at Fantasy Pros. So one eighty. What would that be? What's what's pick number one eighty? Do you know off the top of your head? Um, it's my like sixteen, stupid. sixteen maybe. Uh, 15th round, sorry, 15th oh, yeah, 15, yeah, 15, 16. So it's getting late, somewhere middle to late rounds of the draft, and especially if you're in a 25 roster league, I guess it's almost it's almost done. Yeah. Uh, so Jonathan is ranked number 180, and he's the best player on your list, 179 to be exact, 179. Yeah. But you really like Tyler Stevenson, and you need a catcher, but he's ranked number 190. Let's let's use rankings and ADP yeah. interchangeably, okay? Yeah. But Grayson Rodriguez is also there, and he's the best pitching prospect there but he's ranked number 195 and it's your turn to pick right now who is it is and it i need, and I, need a, I need a catcher and i haven't picked one yet i'm um, thinking tyler stevenson okay if that's how my draft has turned out where i've just kind of completely punted catcher uh because and this is a, another one was tyler stevenson um he was kind of a high draft pick higher draft pick last year i uh, dealt with a lot of injuries this year uh, I am much more. I wasn't able to get him in leagues, even though I had him the year before that. When I felt like I was the, I was early in on the kill with Tyler Stevenson, but um, so yeah, this answer, year I'm definitely this year I would pick Tyler Stevenson if I didn't have a catcher already. So the answer is you're not going to stick to your guns because you 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 foregone Jonathan India for for need because you needed a catcher. <sighs> And I'm also higher on Tyler Stevenson. All right. Well, let's go. Let's let's say it's one, let's say it's. I'm, one I'm, I'm I'm not the high guy in India either. So I All would right, have well, probably likely already had a second baseman at that point. Mm, okay. 
All right, that's fair. That's fair. Whether uh, it's so, like you know, Luis Arias or so uh, I, Jeff McNeil, like somebody like that. Just I think. Fluff. I think the problem is that I t- tailor that question towards myself and not you. So let's <laughs> let's go. Uh, it's pick number one ninety. All right, and I don't know. I'm trying to figure out who do you like. Uh, you like Harrison Bader? Uh, more of the baseball player than the fantasy player. But I'll see when. Well, Andrew Haney. Do you like Andrew Haney? With I like Rangers? Haney. I like Haney. All right, there, there so you there's go. There's a healthy amount of risk there. <laughs> do you like uh, Cal Raleigh? Cal Raleigh. Uh, uh, a little bit, yeah. J.D. Martinez? Uh, no. Whit Merrifield? Granted, J.D. Martinez on the Dodgers was interesting. Whit Merrifield, God, no. I was sounding the warning bells on him, like, years ago. <laughs> when right, people about... were still considering him, what, the the second, third-round pick. <laughs> I was like, stop doing this madness! <laughs> <laughs> what about uh, Miles Mikolas? No. <laughs> so, okay, so I guess it really does boil down. Tyler Stevens, your pick at 190. Tyler Stevenson is the best player in on your board but andrew haney's right there as well but you know he's being selected a few spots after him who do you pick uh it's a close one i mean it's definitely um league format dependent and whatnot it's the Mm -hmm. two catcher league i gotta get stevenson Um, all right even if it's a one catcher league i I probably because unlike a lot of people i feel like punting catchers is common Mm -hmm. uh i don't like punting catcher I like getting one of the good ones. And if he okay. gets hurt, then he gets hurt. Then I'll, I'm punting catcher too. But at least I got like a good two months out of him. Yeah, man. I got two good ones last year too in the baseball life league. Uh, Wilson Contreras and Yasmani Grandal, right? Oh, that, oh, you had Grandal was not very good. He was going into that last season. So. I, I, I had Kirk and Jansen. That was where I ended up last year. Oh, that was fun. Funny. Yeah, those you had you, you could have waited for those guys. You didn't dra- you didn't reach for those guys. You didn't have uh, to did I? draft them early. Uh, well, usually I mean, because uh, Kirk and Jansen they were they were like closer to uh, the tenth and twelfth best catchers, than they were like top five. So I drafted Jansen in the Baseball Life League in round twenty three. Oh my uh, god, that, that doesn't even count. So yeah, you, I like to well, get the best catchers, well, but I'm also was, waiting until the twenty third round. Well, and that's more like the 29th round. Because of the um, keepers, because right? of the keepers, um, and I got Alejandro Kirk in the ninth round, which is more like the fifteenth round. So I ended up getting two top. T- I mean, I don't know where J- Jansen ended up. I would assume it's probably close, just because of the fifteen home runs, um, and because he only played, I think, uh, fifty games. So, okay, mm-hmm. seventy-two games played, two hundred fifteen at bats, but he had fifteen home runs. I mean. That's more than most catchers hit in a full like six hundred at bats. Like yeah, you waited. Uh, that was, yeah. the point is you waited. You didn't. You yeah. didn't go. I like to have a really good catcher. Yeah, if you waited though. But at you the didn't... same time, where I picked Kirk is about where I'd be picking Tyler Stevenson. But but you waited. That's the point. Yeah. You wait. You didn't. You didn't. I like to have a good catcher. So you didn't snatch a top seven catcher. You you, you waited around and got the catch that you wanted extremely late in the draft. That's all I'm saying. Because I I didn't wait. Like I went after the top five catchers, two top five catchers, Contreras and Grandal. Regardless of what you think of those guys, they were top five across. Oh yeah, the board. for sure. Uh, granted, I've, I've never been in on Contreras. I, I don't think I've ever drafted JT Romuto. Um, uh, and, 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 that, and that's like a that's like a blind spot to me. I've I've always been. I thought he was really under criminally underrated. Then he went to criminally overrated, and then he was actually very good last year. So I, I'm very confused on him now. All right, I got one more scenario for you. Do you like Edward Cabrera coming yes. to this year? Yes. Okay, Edward Cabrera. How about Sir Anthony Dominguez? 
Yeah. Okay. He's he's solid. Um, I don't know if he's going to end up closing there though. Lars Newtbar. Okay, he's getting like people are talking about him like he's the next Barry Bonds. But what? yeah, I think he's I think he's good. Okay, they're not actually Barry Bonds, but there are so many people in social media right now that uh-huh. are just like all over him. I mean, it's it's good plate discipline, solid walk rates. He hits the ball hard. I get it, but I'm, I'm just a, like, why? What and his baseball Reed? savant page is off the charts. If you go and look well, at that, it, that's, that's why. The, that's he, why he's he's got the sliders that just. And I'm just like, yeah, that's why you don't look ju- at just the sliders, people. No, that's why he's the next Barry Bonds because of the sliders. Uh, yeah. Jerry o, Jerry O'Connell's old show, right? One of the one of the O'Connell brothers. I forget which one. Do you never watch sliders? No. Yeah, the, the dimension opens up, and a group of five people go in there and just travel each dimension. Oh, anyway, yeah, there's a dimension where women are at the top of the. Uh, it's a matriarch, not a patriarch. Oh, so, so you see Jerry O'Connell getting sexually harassed by uh, <laughs> dominating women. Uh-huh. So yeah, that show that that changed that changed society forever, right? Uh-huh. Uh, Reed Detmers, you like Reed Detmers? So so, not the highest, oh, not the lowest. Okay, so I'm gonna skip him then. Brendan Rogers, you still like him? He's okay. He, he, a lot of people are expecting him to like break out because he had like pretty good batted ball data this year. Um, I recently did I trade him in the uh, fan tracks league? I believe I did. Um, if I could find that, but yeah, a lot of people he hit the ball hard last year, but he still hits too many on the ground, so he, he can't really take advantage of uh, course field. All right, well, I'm gonna, I think I have enough of a list here to go with him because you know, you're not a big fan of CJ Abrams, right? No, no, I used to be, but I, I don't see it now. All right, so here we go. <clears throat> Your pick number 210th, that's about the close to the 18th round, 17th, yeah. 18th round, around there, so around their whereabouts, right? 210. And Josh Rojas is your best player on the board or on, on my board, board? On, uh, on your board. Yeah. But Edward Cabrera, Sir Anthony Dominguez, and let's say Lars Nootbar are also available. Do you draft Josh Rojas because that's what your board says, or do you go after some of these other guys with a bigger upside? Uh, and that that's, that's hard. This is probably the hardest one of the bunch. No, I, I, no, I, I do like Josh Rojas. And I know I, you I, do. I, and to a degree, I like Newt Bar. Um, I know you do, but you you say you want to stick to your guns, but if you stick to your guns, you're going to lose out on the other guys too because you might not get another pick until later. Later, um, later, later. So, yeah, stick to your guns, you say. That one's probably Rojas. Well, I, once again, it depends on how the draft has fallen. You're, you know. Well, at this point, you're just trying to fill out your bench. Uh, I'd probably pick Cabrera. Just there you go. Well, I you know, know you could. I know see, you couldn't do it. You see, this I is know the you thing: it. is it's not. I, I I separate hitters and pitchers quite like I, I try not to have like a, a whole list that has all of them together because uh, I feel like I, that it confuses me. No way, um, man! You say you stick to your guns, and you didn't stick to your guns this time. So no, there. because no. I, I don't view say the length ranked hitter as the same as the same number pitcher. I think that's that's very different. All right. So uh, the best pitcher available in this round, in, in this round with, with, at pick number 210, would have been Aaron Ashby. So I would pick, Ed, I'd pick Edward Cabrera over Aaron Ashby. All right. Pretty then. easily. So, so there you go. You, you, you second guess yourself. You're so there you go. No, you that go. it's not just. <laughs> But it doesn't matter. You're trying to if you if you if, if, if by what you're telling me, don't second guess yourself and stick to your guns. You're not doing it. 
Well, that's not my list. list. You're not using my list or my. Well, that's why I asked you which players do you like, and you gave me three names, and I go, I went with them, and you, and, and I know Josh Rojas is one of your favorite guys, and you still went with Edward Cabrera, who's. But yeah, you have to like think that way Josh down Rojas, there, Josh Rojas is more of a, you know, fantasy bench player fireman. Yeah, you're that, filling out your bench. That's yeah, and, and he can plug in at multiple positions. But in fantasy baseball, you really do need, and we kind of talk about this before, less so today, you need a lot of starting pitchers so you can kind of win those streaming battles. Yeah. Uh, and especially in our format with biweekly, uh, you got to have a lot of starters. I'm always going to pick the up high upside starter because uh, I feel like I can find uh, the Josh Rojas's of the world because uh, there's several of them out there uh, rather than just Josh Rojas. So Josh Rojas was picked number 210. Edward Cabrera was 224. So that's a difference yeah, of 14. But, yeah, they're uh, right in picks. the same same round, basically. Yeah, but you got to pick one or the other. You can't get both. Yeah. You pick Rojas, there's a good chance you're not going to get it. You're, yeah. you're, you're going to lose it on Cabrera. So that, that was my point. And I think after 200, I think you can more easily chase upside uh, rather right. than floor. All right. Well, Which I, I think the upside of Edward Cabrera is Sandy Alcantara. And meanwhile, the upside of Josh Rojas is uh, Chuck Knobloch. No, <laughs> no, um, like a non-switch hitting Cattell Marte. Like I, I maybe not slugging that much. He's only hit uh, twenty-two home runs. All right, so thirteen. We all know that anything after two hundred, you, you're going to roll the dice with upside. All right, let's go. 86, I know I, I said that last one was the last <laughs> one, but no, this is the last, last one. So pick number 86, that's, what the hell is that? Pick number 86, right? That's So this seven. is sub 200, so this is where I'm more likely to look for floor and certainty and guarantees. Seventh round. This is seventh round. You got to make up your team. You got to make sure you have a good, uh, solid foundation, right? Yeah. So at number 86, Andres Jimenez is your top guy. Okay. Okay. But I know you like guys like Atlee Rushman, Byron Buxton, Nate Lowe, Vinny Pasquantino, Tristan McKenzie's on this list uh, at number 94. And this is all around round seven? Yep. Round oh. I'm going to hate. I'm at seven through like 12 or 15. I'm going to hate this year because I like so many guys in that list. And then at number 102 is Stephen Kwan. So all these guys and Nestor Cortez at 103, all these guys, Gunnar Henderson at 104, these are all the guys. This is the who's who of Sean's guys. And he needs to pick only one because there's a good chance he's not going to get any of these guys or or all these guys on on the same team. But I know he likes Andrews Jimenez too. Number 86, seventh round. Who does Sean pick? Um, I'm hoping that in the first six rounds, I already have at least two starters, sometimes three. Uh, So... I'm definitely going hitter. I'm not going to go with any of the pitchers you mentioned. Um, Adley Rutschman is probably not the catcher I'm looking for. I think he's better uh, real-life catcher than fantasy catcher. Mm-hmm. I think that's how it's going to be with him. Okay. Um, I'm probably going Andres Jimenez. I, I, I think that's, wow! that's, that's the guy there. I think that's the best combination of both a little bit of pop and stolen base. Quad is there. Uh, who gives you a little bit of the stolen base, but I don't think you're going to get the same sort of possible home run total that Jimenez could give you. And then you also had what Nate Lowe, uh, Gunnar Henderson, Gunnar Henderson. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Vinny Pasquantino is hard to pass up there, but with Pasquantino, although I love the whole profile 
when you think about kind of where he is, the lineup he's in, the ballpark he's in, uh, it's not very conducive to a you know, top 10 round rookie hitter. Um, so I, I, although I like Vinny and I have him st- still in a couple places in dynasty, yeah. um, I'm probably not paying the price because he is like around the same ADP as somebody like Jose Abreu. Yep. And I'm just, I, I can't do that. I, well, I cannot uh, in good conscience draft, draft Pasquantino over Jose Abreu. Uh, Corbin Carroll uh, was also on the well, top what's his, what's his ADP? Right? Nine, right uh, uh, let's see. Because like I said, I'm just 95th best player available according to expert rankings. And ADP is 80. Oh, snap. It's 80th. No, jeez. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm usually firmly in the camp. Don't draft rookies in the top 100. That's okay. just kind of how where I am. I I, I don't want to risk. There, there there's too much of a bottom bottoming out, and the guy ends up back in AAA by May, and then you just wasted one of your top ten picks. All right, all right. So okay, so you are sticking to your guns. Okay, yeah, I I, 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 I would do him as there because I mean, you got what seventeen home runs and not even six hundred plate appearances this year. You got twenty stolen bases, um. And I always think, like the guys that they might not hit the most home runs or steal the most bases, but they give you a little bit of both. Um, yeah, I, I definitely like that pick there. I think if it were me, I would wish I was just disappeared. I, I don't like this. I don't like any of these players that to get me excited that I'm picking at the number 86 spot at all. Yeah, at 86, I'd probably pick Jimenez and then hope that like by the next round, Jose Abreu is there. And then I just get all the RBIs. Maybe I'll maybe I'll I'll read for McKenzie of soon's available at number ninety four, but he's going at the uh 77th ADP. Tristan McKenzie? Yeah, number ninety fourth ranked Ooh. uh pitcher uh player overall, but seventy-seventh in ADP. Maybe that's the way I should have gone. Oh, I it doesn't even let me sort. Wait, does it? Oh, I think I did it by accident. Let's see. Oh yeah, look at that. Okay. So 77th, there he is, Tristan McKenzie. He's going over guys like Sal Perez, Xander Bogarts, Corbin Carroll, Robbie Ray, Devin Williams. Ooh. Well, Sean, we have a lot to consider. Last thing I want to talk to you about, Melvin, since Melvin is mentioning it, the Cubs just signed the number six, number 14, and number 19th international prospects. How do you feel about international international prospects being signed by your favorite team or things of that nature? I don't um, really pay attention to, uh, until they get stateside. There is exactly. just too much... Uh, noise in the DSL. Uh, yeah. I've seen guys absolutely strafe the DSL and then they get to low A or rookie ball in Florida or Arizona and they strike out 40% of the time. I've seen guys just do so-so in the DSL uh, mm-hmm. and then they get stateside and you're like, holy crap, they added 20 pounds or uh, like there, <laughs> there's just like so much noise in there. Um, the words of Tom Thibodeau, it's just noise. Like just the, just uh, noise. the guy... Uh, they, the Mets and the Orioles completed their James McCann trade earlier this week, and the Mets got a, a 17, what was he, 18 or 18 or 19, I think. But he just played in the DSL for the second season. And a lot of Mets fans, they see he had like a, a 390, 400 on base between the two years in the DSL. And they're like, oh, that's not bad, you know, a lottery ticket. But I went and I looked at his numbers because I was like, if you're playing in the DSL twice, and back-to-back years, and you're 19, like, something is not right there. <laughs> and uh, one career home run and like, however, a couple hundred uh, plate appearances, 60-something percent ground ball rate. Ooh. Um, So it's like, walks a lot, 
doesn't lift the ball. He's not that big. He's like six one. So, I mean, I don't know. It, it was just really weird. And Mets fans were like, "Oh, he, he's a good lottery ticket." And I'm like, if a team really believes in a player, they're not going to have him repeat the Dominican Summer League. It's just yeah. not going to happen. They'll just yeah, promote him. Because we would be questioning that if yeah. it was a, a, a prospect going in his second season of uh, A ball or or, yeah. or high A or even double A. Why that's the second full year in double A? Why isn't he moving up? Is he is he or is he not the guy? It's like I always think that's like a, a very common thing is when you see guys that ended the year and the very next year are either back at that same level, but don't get promoted within the first couple of months. Because like it's pretty common. Like if you only if you ended the year at like high A and you only played in like 15, 20 games as a position player or made two or three starts as a starter. Uh, you're probably going to start at that level the next year, more than likely, unless you have a really good off season. Yeah. But then I, the guys who then play an entire full season there, I'm just kind of like, hmm. Yeah. That's well, I mean, you could say, what have you learned in the last four seasons of this podcast? I think that's the one thing I learned is that these rankings for prospects, whether it be international, uh, whether it be uh, in the minors or, or even drafting uh, for the amateur draft prospects, it, it, these lists are not foolproof. They're dynamic. They change from time to time and they're not guaranteed. Cause like you said, I think the best indicator is a good combination of uh, what those prospect grades uh, say about a player, but what has that player done as soon as they get some competition stateside, whether it be an amateur draftee or an international signing. Cause shoot, man, the, I mean, Melvin's a Cubs fan and he's bragging about the Cubs signing all these international prospects. Because you know who else signs a lot of international prospects? The White Sox. And their farm system is usually trashed. I mean, I just saw an article where they're once again getting chastised for being such an awful minor league system again, and that there's something wrong with that team and that franchise. And I mean, thank God for Oscar Colas because that's the only one guy that we have, you know, something to hang our hat on. But you know, it's, it doesn't it doesn't guarantee success. Yeah. So I, I yeah I think you you hit it on the head. Just temper expectations. Don't get too excited. See what these guys do stateside first when they see a ball, high A, double A pitching, and see how they're progressing. Otherwise, it's just, it's just like Tom Thibodeau used to say, it's just noise. It's just yeah. all noise. And and that's the thing is like I understand that's somewhat of a blind spot for me because when it comes to playing dynasty and first year player drafts, um, those J two signings are guys that are going to be, especially the higher up ones, you know, uh, the Jason Dominga. There's usually like five that have yep. just like all the hype in the world. <laughs> and even it's, and it's hard to even get like good video on them. And mm. when you do get video on them, it's like, so no eye test. Yeah. And it's like, when I get at that point, I'm just kind of like, okay, why would I pick this guy when I can pick the college or high school player who has a whole lot more film a whole mm-hmm. lot more like in writing numbers uh, has played at a higher level against higher competition. So that's why I always tend to pick college players and first year player drafts. Um, it's like I said, it's a, it's a bit of a blind spot. I missed some big studs because of it, but at the same time, I'm not whiffing constantly like the, the zero dark 30 team I took over. Uh, I felt like he had picked every top shortstop from every international free agent class for like the last four seasons. Like that was all he was picking in his first year player drafts or IFA J2 shortstops. And there were like six or eight of them from the last three years and only like one or two are good. 
And yeah, I'm I just like, that's, that's you know, like you're wasting picks. And even even the guys, well, I guess what, what was Royce Lewis? Was he did he come out of high school? Yeah, he was high school. He was high school. Oh, well, that explains it. But still, even then I learned my lesson that just because a guy is pick number one, I mean Casey Mize was picked number one too yeah. at one point. Just because you're the number one pick and you're the highest ranked prospect doesn't mean anything. Because if you're not performing, Royce Lewis, the, the red flags were everywhere. Yeah. Like you mentioned it. Yeah, when I saw him, I test, I could see why he's a high, the number well, one. Why prospect. people fell in love with him. I, but it was the thing was, I had seen but what the, his numbers were and I was the low guy on him. And then I saw the eye test and I was like, wow. And then I was like, wait a second. But I know, not, I know the numbers here. But if the performance, if the, if the performance isn't matching what the, what the prospect grades and the rankings are saying, then it's all mood. It doesn't matter. Yeah. You can, especially at shortstop where there's a lot of shortstops available. Uh, and uh, it, for these prospects, uh, minor league systems. And yeah, so that's, that's one thing I've learned is that don't just blindly follow. And unfortunately everybody does it. They treat these rankings um, like gold. I mean, we, mm-hmm. we could look at the past 20 years of baseball America and all the guys that they loved and all the guys that they loved also failed. So it's not a guarantee. There, there has to be a happy medium where you need to see great performance in the minors that go along with that pedigree and that, and those uh, prospect rates. Anyway, you know, you know us, man, we could talk about that type of stuff all day, but you know, for any fans of any teams, don't temper expectations on some of these uh, prospects. That's why I don't have a problem with the Padres doing what they do because they're giving up on their prospects for the sure things. And guys like Juan Soto and uh, what's another example? Blake Snell. Blake Snell. Yeah. Slapdick prospect. (laughs) Slapdick prospect. Then they get Jake Cronenworth as well. Uh, all right. Well, that's the show. Thanks, Sean, uh, for coming in. Uh, yes. Thanks to everybody who tuned in and listened. Uh, season four is underway. We ha- Like I said, we have a Hall of Fame show sometime on, the, uh, I guess, this upcoming uh, Thursday night. So uh, we will discuss that with Austin and Kevin. Until then, I am Felipe. Over there is Sean. Have a good one, everybody. Adios, guys.